hurt and Alex O'Connell position. Got the miss. Jones, can he get a shot off? Yes! Oh. Jones knocks it down to tie the game. Tap! Jones! Tipped! Yes! Wendell Moore puts it home for Duke! This is the Five Point Play Podcast. The fucking diehard Duke basketball fan <laughs> podcast. AC, I'm still jacked up. I don't even know how to process what happened last night. It was unbelievable. Um, I couldn't sleep all night. I texted you at 6.30 in the morning. I rewatched the game. Um, it, it was just, I, I just couldn't believe what happened. And it is so, I don't know what it is about February 8th. Playing at yeah. UNC, but I hope that every time we play UNC going forward, it is on February eighth. It, it is just <laughs> eerie. It is surreal. Uh, we're going to obviously touch on that, and we're going to talk about you know we're going to we're going to be very real, uh, very unedited in this podcast, and we're going to touch on everything that happened in this game up to the three minute and fifty five second magical mark through overtime. Then we can talk about you know. Trey Jones and what he did and where does he put him in the Stones-Jones war. And then we'll talk about just the eeriness on February 8th and Austin Rivers and Wendell Moore both mm-hmm. wearing zero. And then we'll finish this thing off with a couple of predictions um, for you know our game against Florida State and then Notre Dame at the end of the week. But we have to start at the top. And, and see, I'll give you the floor here. I was extremely I, – I, I haven't been that frustrated with this particular team. Uh, the entire season as I was up until the three minute fifty five second mark. How were you feeling on your end? It, I mean, it was the same way. I I was ex- I was waiting any minute now. Any minute now, we're just we're going to go ahead and take this thing over. Any minute now, we're going to take the lead. Any minute now, we're going to get under six points. Like they were just like it just it felt like we could never get beyond six. Like we got to six points and then they would make, and we would just let somebody just blow by us again and. I was, I was, I was, I was very frustrated with how the defense looked. The defense has been frustrating now for three or four games, really. <clears throat> really, honestly, if you want to go back to the Louisville game, you can, you can go there. But it's, it's just been frustrating to watch this team play defense. It was frustrating to watch Carolina play out of their godforsaken minds. They've never looked that good all season. If that was the team they were meant to be, then yeah, that preseason top ten was justified. But I don't know that they'll ever play like that again. Even even against Duke in Cameron, I don't know that they'll play like that ever again. We'll see. But they were out of their minds. Justin Pierce has played better than he's ever played his whole life. So good for them. And they did everything they needed to do to to win that ball game. And 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 we stole it from a straight up theft. Stole that game from them. And it, it, I wanted us to win by thirty, and I thought we could. But it's almost sweeter to to kind of win the way we did. But man. Like you said, it was hard. It was hard to sleep last night, and waking up was you kind of woke up in a state of euphoria. But this team has some things they got to work with. They definitely, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. They they definitely have some things to work on moving forward. I mean, that's that's a bottom barrel ACC team that that took us to the wire. So yeah, you know, UNC stinks. Um, that's just mm-hmm. uh, they, they're not a good basketball team, and we made them like look like world beaters um, mm-hmm. for the first. 
36 minutes of that game. I was so frustrated because I thought we were weak. Outside of Vernon Carey, I thought we were so soft in that first half. That includes Trey Jones. Matthew yep. Hurt was abysmal. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is something that he's gonna work through. And and I don't want to talk about the draft thing, but you know, we both think that he's gonna leave regardless. But you know, games like this, man, you know, you gotta you gotta think about it. But you know, he he was poor. Uh, I thought Joey was poor. Uh, I thought Jordan Goldwater was weak. Uh, Javin was Javin. Uh, you know, Jack won. You know, just he you know, he did. A, he got a couple of nice rebounds, but like he just kind of never felt like he was in the flow of the game. Trey right. was. You know, I don't understand what Trey was doing half the time where he's picking up his dribble uh, five feet behind the three-point line and, and kind of in no man's land. Uh, it's just like the decision-making was terrible. I know that he was only credited for two turnovers, but it just it wasn't a normal game. We're missing layups. Uh, we're not finding burn. Uh, the officiating was terrible on both ends. It was just a really frustrating game to watch uh, as a Duke fan. And I was furious. You know, I, I text uh, a couple of our buddies – uh, you know, during the game, and I just said, you know, what was it, AC? I, I, I was like, I'm not talking about this game anymore. Uh, it was like 10 minutes to go, maybe yeah. 12 minutes to go in, in the second half. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the podcast last night. And I said, screw that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I didn't want to come on, uh, after that game and just be a hothead. So I wanted to come right. on and say, hey, let me sleep on this thing, gather myself, uh, and then rip into the team. That's what I wanted to do. I put my phone in my room. Um, you know, put it on vibrate and, and just sat there and I, I sat there on the edge of, of my couch and I just was just at that point I was just done. I was I wasn't even feeling at that point. I was just like, this is embarrassing. This is an mm-hmm. embarrassing, embarrassing effort that we're putting forward. So um like you said, we have a lot of things that we gotta work on. Defensively, we were weak. Mm-hmm. Offensive rebounds, we have got to clean that up. They out-rebounded us in this game. They outshot us in this game. If they don't go down and miss a bazillion free throws, we're probably not walking out of there with a victory. Let's be honest. We were very lucky to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, that's exactly what it is. And sometimes you need luck, especially moving forward in the NCAA tournament, all those things, luck is a part of it. But sure. you can create your own luck by, as you mentioned, being the team that gets the loose balls, gets the 50-50 balls. That's the the 2009-2010 team that won the title. One of the things that totally changed their season was the rebounding. Like, inserting Brian Zubak into the starting lineup and he and Lance Thomas cleaning up every single rebound with, with Kyle Singler. Like, this team has that ability. They showed that ability to start the season. They're one of the top teams in the nation in rebounding margin. But again, the past few games, that has not been the case. And that's one of the reasons why the defense has not looked nearly as effective as it did before. Because when you can generate rebounds, you know, a rebound is the same thing as a steal. So it doesn't have to be a turnover. You can get a rebound. It's a change of possession to your side of the ball. And we need those. Like our, our defense creates those. But because we're so spread out, if they grab an offensive board, we're toast. So we can't, we can't continue to let teams rebound on us the way we have. That's got to change big time. I don't know that anything with the defense needs. I don't think we need wholesale changes with the defense. We just need to do a better job of keeping guys in front of us. But yeah, I mean, we forced them into 18 turnovers. So you you can't, you know, you can't hate the defensive effort totally, but you can hate the way we did not make them change possession. That's the thing that irks me the most. And that has irked me the most the past couple of weeks is we are not making teams change possession to our side of the ball. 
Yep. And, you know, we had this is, you know, against BC, it was very similar. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. one guy's blow by us. There were multiple times in this game where, you know, everybody in the in the world knows that UNC is the master at, you know, they call it the secondary break to get baskets. And I yep. saw multiple times, whether it was Javin, whether it was Matthew Hurt, uh, and Jack White once. I'm just trying to think of it off the top of my head. I know Trey a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. They they were just jogging down the court and it led yep. to, to easy buckets or fouls. Um, so that's really frustrating things that we need to clean up. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move to the second pillar here. From 355 on, we're down <laughs> 13 through overtime. Um, I At that point, I had taken off my Duke gear. I was ready to go out and, and, and <laughs> no meet way. a couple of buddies. And, you know, I'm putting on my stuff, and I, I'm standing to the side of my TV. Um, you know, I still got a, a good view, and I'm standing there. And, um, you know, whatever the hell I was doing with my hands at that point, I, you know, it's <laughs> – I, it, it, it just kind of felt it, you know. I, I liken yep. it to um, I liken it to when Aaron Boone, taken way back, uh, hit that ridiculous home run to beat the yep. Red Sox to go to the World Series. Uh, he tells a story about Derek Jeter in the dugout saying, "Don't worry, the ghosts will show up. They will, they will, they will, they will. They're in Yankee Stadium. They'll show up. Just trust me." And then, sure <laughs> enough, Aaron Boone hits that home run, and everybody goes nuts. I don't know what it is. I had that same feeling where I'm like, I just, I don't know. I feel I, there's just something going on right now. And you could hear it in the crowd. You could yep. hear it in the crowd that they were, they were getting nervous. And then obviously, you know, they're going, and then just so many crazy things happened. What, what was from your perspective at the, uh, at the AC house? Did anything, <laughs> well, I made change? The Did anything change? Yeah, a little bit. So, I mean, I, I, I had, I had held that faith that we could take this game over at any minute because we hadn't gone on our run. We hadn't gotten multiple stops in a row in a while. It was one of those things that like, you could see it coming. You could feel it coming, like you said, but it just wasn't coming. I was getting getting pretty upset. <laughs> it, yeah, I was, I was getting pretty upset, though. And I made the big mistake of being on Twitter. And oh, I probably no, shouldn't. That's, that's amateur hour. <laughs> it was am- amateurish of me. I thought I could do do the Twitter thing, but... It was it was just it was a show. I, I just should have stayed off of there. <laughs> Any, anyone listening to this who's on Twitter and follows us can attest to that. But you know, it, I was very frustrated, and I was trying to trying to maintain some hope. But it was just difficult. Like it was it was hard to see the outcome we needed to see. And then when Roy made the absolute smart play of fouling Trey Jones, I was like, at the end of regulation, there, I was like, ah, oh, well, there you go. Like, there's no way we get this rebound. Yeah. And leave it to a masterful passer and point guard to be able to put that ball pinpoint the way he did on the rim not, and get not, it to bounce off the way he not, said that they'd worked on it in practice. AC, AC not, even, not only that, but he, nobody was ready. Right. He, he nobody. noticed. He just picked it up. He, just, he did it immediately. And, yep. and to your point, like that is something that him and Shire had been practicing. How crazy mm-hmm. is that? Yep. Nuts. It's, it's absolutely nuts. It's insane. The, the fact that they even. They're like, we need, we need this play. We're gonna need this play. That's just the the foresight on that is incredible, and that's one that's one thing. Whether that's under the direction of K, whether that's Shire making that call as the associate head coach, I don't know who did it, but to have the foresight to be like, this is gonna be something we're gonna need. This is a tool in the toolbox, 
I mean, that's exceptional coaching right there and execution on Trey's part to be able to, to, yeah. to do what he did. So that happened. I felt like, oh, there's there's no way we lose this game. And then we go into OT hot right off the bat. It's like, oh, yep. this is exactly what exactly what we need. And then for us to kind of show we up in OT right the way back. we did. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. And and, and you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people complain about the shots Trey took and things in overtime, but you know what? Like, who else is gonna take them? Who he else was, is gonna he take them? He was on gassed. fire. Right. He was gassed. Absolutely. And you know what? I I I was fine with him taking those those shots the way he did. Yeah. And I, I'm not gonna complain about what he did at all because we don't we obviously don't do anything in that game without him. So yeah, he had a bad start to the game. Who didn't in a blue jersey for Duke? But man, what a finish for him! Oh God, uh, you know I thought that those uniforms were the reason that we stunk so bad. Uh, but now <laughs> we never be, see those. Now we're going to remember forever. Uh, but yeah. you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Grant Hill uh, when he talks about you know luck favors the prepared man, and mm-hmm. you know it gives me chills thinking about because he was talking about it. Uh, in reference to to the past, to Leitner, they screwed it up yep. earlier in the season uh, against Leah Forest, and then you know they fixed it, made some tweaks, uh, and they were ready for that moment. And talking about Trey Jones practicing that on his own with Shire, just to have the the force and then to be able to pull it off, and then the jumper that he hit at the buzzer, and she almost broke my hand slamming the the table after that went through. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The stones on this guy and made that shot. And then we go into to overtime, and I thought it was going to be very similar to the Miracle Minute uh, against Maryland up in Cole Fieldhouse, where right. you know once we got into overtime, they're completely deflated. We have the better team, even without learning Carey, uh, in, in, you know, who had gone out with. And you want to talk about the referees, by the way. Let's talk about the referees. Like, they were terrible <laughs> for both teams. Oh, they were awful. They were awful. That, that big foul on learning Carey was atrocious. And what yeah. bugs me about it a lot, and I don't want to go too far on this tangent, but uh, you know, Billis was bitching about a flop that I think Wendell Moore had earlier, and then he calls it a great charge taken by Playtech. Are you? Are we right, watching right. the same game? Come on, man. Exactly. Uh, but you know, we were we were able to do this uh, in the second half and in overtime without yep. Vernon Carey, and you know, we're able to you know, build that five-point lead, and I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to win this thing by 12, and then we just give it right back. We just give yeah. it right back. Credit, and, and, credit and, to UNC for, for maintaining sure. poise. I mean, I, I don't like to give them credit, but credit for them to maintain that type of poise. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that Playtech was going to shit himself in the line. Yeah, yeah <laughs> when, he looks, when he kept going up. I, I I've thought never to seen myself, a player look yeah. that frightened before in my life, man. <laughs> I was just, I, 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 I were okay. I was just thinking about it, even when we were up, I'm like, I was just, Bring in like, um, like Buckmeyer or something, and just like automatically foul, intentionally foul mm-hmm. tip. because he wanted no business being on that one. Yep. He wanted nothing to do with that one. None. Um, but you know, then we're giving off you know easy. Uh, you know, we're, we're working so hard on the defensive end, playing really well at that point. Uh, we force them into a tough shot, and then they get the easy put back, uh, easy rebound, and I was just like, guys, you, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. Um, so then again, I thought the game was over, you know, again, and then mm-hmm. Trey Jones just does Trey Jones things. And I, I mean, I'm speechless, man. Speechless. Totally speechless, man. It was totally speechless. So, so much heart for the scene, the fight back the way they did so many heart plays at the stretch Wendell Moore, We haven't talked enough about his, his final stretch 
uh, in, in overtime, the tip passes, the the tip out of bounds, the offensive, the two offensive rebounds on that last play. I don't know if he got credit for the tip as an offensive rebound, but hopefully he did. The tip out followed by yeah. the catch and score. His defense on Cole Anthony two or three plays, plays prior to that to get Duke the chance to even come down 96-93 and and try to get a shot out of it. Like when the window more down the stretch was so clutch in so he many really different was. ways he on really offense, was. defense, rebounding, loose balls, all the above. So you know, huge credit to him and and this team. Like again, losing losing Cassius to fouls, losing Vernon to fouls, both of which were having great games. I mean, the the small ball lineup, man. Not saying it's yeah. our best lineup, but it's it's a mismatch nightmare and UNC did not get some of the same looks that they were getting early in the game when we had our smaller guys on the floor the bigs for whatever reason their bigs whether they were tired or what could not they couldn't do anything on the small ball lineup man Wendell Moore playing great defense Joey Baker playing great defense so yeah it it, you know, it worked in this game I don't know I don't know moving forward <laughs> some other teams I'm sure but it definitely worked this game and that's what matters game by game Hey, a win is a win, believe me. Uh, we talked earlier in the first segment about all the things that we need to work on. But I want to give a couple of shout-outs here. You touched on the mm-hmm. Coach K thing, the adjustments that he made, and he talked about it after the game in his press conference. Uh, you know, somebody asked about the zone and, you know, going small, and he basically was like, yeah, I just, you know, at some point you got to try everything to see what works, because at that point really nothing was working. Uh, yeah. And he was able to implement it. I won't go into the zone. Uh, kind of masked the fact that we were so small out there. Um, yep. I thought Joey did a great job. But I want to give a, sh- a couple of shout-outs. One, uh, to, to Alex O'Connell. Uh, you know, the three that he hit uh, yeah. at the start was, and this was before the 355, uh, that was a huge three. We needed that. Mm-hmm. And he took a cold – he had not played up until that yeah. point, And we just thought it was going to be, oh, well, Joey's playing this game and not Alex. But we were so poor that, hey, Alex, hey, here's your moment, buddy. And he stepped up. He stepped. He, he made a couple of stupid mistakes, but overall, he stepped up and made two humongous shots. And that one from the top of the key on the system oh tray. I mean, that was big. And that's when I was like, "Huh, maybe, maybe yeah. it could be." Um, and then Joey hit another one from the from the left wing. Um, and I want to give credit to to Jordan Goldwire because when Moore tipped that ball back out uh, at the at the buzzer. Um, in overtime, Jordan did a phenomenal job of hustling and corralling that ball and being able Absolutely. to give it to Trey Jones. And I give I give Jordan a lot of credit there because he did not have a great game. He missed a couple easy bunnies, um, mm-hmm. but that was that was a, a thing that doesn't get talked about. But his heart and the hustle at the end there that those are the the, the the plays that we weren't making for the first 36 minutes of the game, and they right. were. And that's why I was so frustrated as a fan and. And so credit to, to those three guys um, and obviously Wendell Moore, man. I'll let you finish up this segment because I could go on and on uh, about 355 through overtime and just the swings of emotion that went into this. I can't imagine what you and Chief are going through, and I love every second of it. Oh, and you, you could see it on their faces when they showed the crowd shots after the tie regulation. You could just see it. You you could see how deflated they were after being able to just totally give it to the Duke bench and the Duke players all game long. They were able to do yep. that, and and just to watch it flip a switch. It was eerily similar to we're going to talk about in a minute the game on February eighth in two thousand eleven. It was eerily similar to the Louisville game last year 
yeah. very much the same scenario. You know, it, it's just one of those, those heart stealing moments. And you hope that this is one of those things that galvanizes this team moving forward. And number one, they learn, they get to learn with the victory, but they need to learn like, what, what do we need to do to keep ourselves going early in games? Like, yeah, we have, we have to start games better. So moving forward, I just, I want to see this team really get back to having some of that killer instinct we had early in the year, burying teams early with our defense, letting the offense come to us and, and really, and really just play at a little bit of a faster pace. Cause that, I mean, we looked slow early on and I get it. You know, we talked about this before coming three, it's three straight road games, three straight ACC road games that we won. We walk away with three straight ACC road games. I said on the podcast, if we came away two for four, I'd be happy. We're at at the very least three for four out of the stretch that we have with Florida state coming up tomorrow. So big time win, big time heart shown by this team, some difficulties there with having to travel and such. You do just, Excellent work. Excellent work, Kay and the boys. Excellent job. Yep, and so let's switch gears to, uh, you know, growing up as a Duke fan, Trey Jones. Um, you know, he Tyus, he's talked about, you know, one of the reasons he went to Duke is because of, of Trey. You know, Trey grew up a Duke fan, and, and he talked about wanting to have his moment. Um, and his mm-hmm. favorite moment in um, in his, you know, life of, of Duke was watching his brother you know, win the national championship in Indianapolis. Right. And he wanted to have his own moment. And, and obviously we know how last year ended. So this was his opportunity. And it didn't look like it was his opportunity for the first 35, 36 minutes of that game. He was, you know, playing pretty poor, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, like a light switch, man, he just put the damn team on his back and carried us. He was not going to let us lose. And I don't yeah. know if you saw this. I'm sure you did because you, you watch these type of things. I saw a couple times when the when the TV there it was a foul or a loose ball, and you know the team the teams always huddle up. And I watched Trey Jones look at each one of the his guys in the eye and say, "Hey, look, we have five minutes to do this. Hey, we we're gonna win this game. We're gonna do this." Just looking at each one and instilling that confidence, I've got goosebumps yep. because the leadership that he showed, and I I just can't talk enough about the leadership um, of, of Trey Jones, but. What AC? What is it about the Stones Jones brothers, and and where where now does Trey uh, put himself in that you know Stones Jones legacy? Um, because to me, you know, I know it was the national championship, but this is a, a, this is the next best thing if you're right. if you're a Duke if you're a Duke player at Carolina no, you, doing what he did. You're exactly right. That's one one of the things that cements the legacy in in Duke lore is doing something great against North Carolina. And he is now, he can claim that. He can absolutely now claim that he has his moment against UNC. Let's see what, it, how that generates and, and manifests itself in the tournament. Now he is, like you said, the, the stones, the stones legacy holds true. There's something in their DNA, man. They just, they yeah. just know how to, to turn on, turn the switch on and just galvanize the rest of their team with their own play and, and continue to make big plays throughout, no matter how bad you may be playing early in the game or not bad, you know, it, he's, he can get, he just continued. He just didn't stop. And that's, you, you love to see that as a coach, you love to see that as a player, no matter how bad things are, you just never stop. And it's, it's contagious. And his, his style of play is contagious. And he's, he, he's a Jones. I really, quite honestly, he reminds me so much more of, of Duhan, quite honestly, if, if I'm really being serious yeah. about it. 
like just the 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 defensive side of the ball, the way he plays on defense, his his leadership ability. Tyus is a great leader. I don't know that Tyus was the leader that Trey is right now, but you know, Duhan absolutely was put into that role, you know, early on. So the, just their their trajectory is a little more similar, in my opinion. Duhan's and 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 Trey's versus Tyus and Trey's, even though they're brothers, I, I really do think they have similar trajectory and the stuff that he was doing. I mean, just totally reminded me of of things Duhan used to do in this rivalry, and that's that was that was the fun thing watching that is like. It's it's fun to kind of look at him outside of his his own brother, and he's creating his own way. But dude, just it's it's been since Duhan basically since we've had a, a point guard stay this long at Duke. So it, it's nice to have him, and it's nice to have him doing what he's doing. And it's hard to remember sometimes that he's only a sophomore. He's only a That's sophomore, what we have yeah. to remember. People want to give him so much stick for some of the decisions he makes, and we do it too. Like he is not above criticism. I totally understand, and I'm not going to say anyone doesn't is not allowed to criticize the guy but let's just remember that he's only a sophomore and he's doing things seniors don't do so i thank you trey jones seriously thank you trey jones thank you debbie jones yeah. so much for for these two guys um you know as a as a basketball coach you know this you coach basketball and you always you know want to have that coach on the floor uh you know mm-hmm. and and Kay is famous for his point guards um, you look at Shari, you look at Nolan Smith, you look at Wojo, um, you know, even Cable, like guys, you know, Quinn Schneider, um, all these guys that he's had on his staff, Tommy Amaker, um, mm-hmm. you claim that Johnny, Johnny Dawkins is a point guard, but we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you see the type of people that he puts on his staff. Um, oh, yeah. And a lot of times, you know, he's, he's point guards, the guys that, that he looks to. And, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, I was so just in awe uh, when I rewatch the game. Because when, when you're in the moment, you're, you're in the heat of it, you can't appreciate it. But when you watch it the second mm-hmm. time, and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth, um, you, you kind of get a, a just how lucky are we to have a guy like Coach K? Because I always love watching when, when the, the t- intensity and the tightness of the game is in its highest. He is always the calmest guy there. He knows mm-hmm. which buttons to push every single time. And I can't help but think that Trey reminds me so much of Coach K on the floor. He reminds me so oh, much yeah. of Coach K. Like, he knows exactly when to turn it on, when to pull it back. He knows when to get other people involved. He, he knows when it's his time to pick it up and, and put the team on his back. He calmly yeah. went up there, and he made the free throws when he needed to make them, and then he missed it when he, when he needed to miss. He, he, buried yeah. that, he buried that jumper at the buzzer, and then, you know, the, the – the plays, the body control around the rim, getting fouled, drawing the fouls correctly. I thought he did a great job, quite frankly, on Cole Anthony. So, uh, you know, he, he picked his pocket a couple of times. And Trey, to me, AC, uh, he, after what he did to Cassius Winston up at Michigan State, what he just mm-hmm. did to, to Cole Anthony, and I thought Cole Anthony played well uh, overall, uh, so I give credit to him for that. But I think Trey Jones went out and won the, the Kuzi Award last night. You would. You would think so. I, you 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 hope you hope number one. You hope he continues this level of play throughout, and that that would cement it. I think. I think if he, if he was able to continue what he's doing, then yeah, I think that cements him winning that koozie. You you do have guys like Therese Halliburton and and Peyton Pritchard putting up wild numbers and having great seasons themselves, and you have the effect of well, we can't give it to to 
Duke people every year, but you know, I, I don't know how from the defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, he just does everything all over the place. I, I don't know how he doesn't get it. I don't, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but whether he gets it or not, I, as long as he's going to play like this, especially the end of that game, you know, we're, we're in good hands. Like he's going to make some bad plays at times. He's going to make incredible plays at times, but as long as he's being that leader that we saw, that's what we need. That's what we need moving forward is that leadership. If that's going to yeah, be big yeah. for the team. Yeah. 25 points. It wasn't even about the stat line in that game, even though he had a, a phenomenal stat line with six mm-hmm. assists, five boards, uh, great defense, um, especially down the stretch. And he was completely gassed, but he, he just he just willed us honestly. He just willed us, and, and I know that he had a couple of those air balls when you can tell he just didn't have the legs. But um, that kid just never stopped, man. And, and we need nope. that going forward. But uh, that's a moment that that he'll never forget. Um, he dream he dreamt about that his entire life as a Duke, growing up as a Duke fan. So I'm so happy for the kid that he was able to have his moment. And then listening to him talk to Holly Rowe after the game. You know, just talking about his big brother and 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 what that meant, and then the whole the whole uh, before the game with Duke Blue Planet coming up with that um, awesome promo with the, the jersey mm-hmm. stuck, but that the promo was awesome. Miss Tyus Jones um, doing the voiceover. I'm getting goosebumps again. Like talking about <laughs> Dre, go get you know your moments coming, and then boy, that angel like a fine wire that that promo. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, you know, just just so much credit to him. Like I'm I'm so happy for the kid. Uh, but speaking of moments, AC, mm. February 8th. What is it about February 8th? February <laughs> 8th, 2012. Uh, went down 10 points with two minutes and 15 seconds to go. We come up. We all know what happened. Uh, thank you to uh, Tyler and Zorn for tipping that, that shot in. Coming down, we get the rebound, missing the free throw. Uh, and then Austin Rivers waving off uh, his now brother-in-law, Chef Curry, and saying, nah, 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 I got this nailing the dagger in the hearts of UNC. And then this year, it was Stones Jones at the end of regulation. And then my main man, Wendell Moore. I mean, sure. being at the right place at the right time, anticipation, uh, going up there and just making the right play. 17 points, 10 boards. What is it about the number zero on February 8th <laughs> and hitting game winners in Chapel Hill? Uh, tell me. I mean, we got to play Dude, every game in Chapel Hill on February right? 8th now. It's, it's not so... Funny you should say that. Did some digging looking back. Duke has only played UNC four times ever in this rivalry on February 8th. We are three and one. First game was in 1958. 13th ranked Duke beat number seven North Carolina in 91-75, right? So then we come back. Doesn't happen again until 2011. You got Austin Rivers, and we know that story. We know what, ha- we know what happens there with number zero. Cold-blooded assassin buries a dagger. Then we play again at Carolina. By the way, all four games on February 8th have been at Carolina. Funny you say that as well. 2018, let's see, uh, 2000, yeah, 17, 18, we actually lost to Carolina that year. We are the ninth-ranked team. They're the 21st-ranked team. We know that game, 82-78. That score, man, it's it's always around that 82 score. And and then coming back this season with the, the 82-84 at, half, or at the end of regulation and Trey just with the, the, the exceptional self-pass off the rim. To, to put us in the in the overtime and then Wendell number zero coming with the dagger dagger offensive rebound wow. that was that was incredible amazing in the Dean Dome you love it as a Duke fan you hate it as a heel fan and that was oh dude that was amazing it's that 
February eighth, man. Let's go. Let's keep let's keep putting it on the schedule, please. Yes, uh, I am grinning ear to ear. Uh, you know, I just I, I we we you know I, I remember uh, after the Austin River was shot, the the famous call by Jay Billis, an absolute theft. This mm-hmm. was an absolute theft. This was an mm-hmm. absolute theft. We had no business winning that game. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we, we tried to give them the game multiple times. They wouldn't take it. You know, they were just <laughs> we were kind of chained. They were snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep. Um, you know, that's exactly what that, what that game was. And, like, uh, you know, I just couldn't believe it. But, there's, yeah, but there was something eerie about it. Like, the, the crowd noise, you could sense the change. Uh, it yep. was the exact same. Like, you know, even the, the reaction on the bench with the coaches jumping up when the ball, the ball goes through the uh, through the uh, the net. And the, 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 the guy is just bum-rushing the, the, the number zero uh, who made the game-winning uh, mm-hmm. shot. I, and just, Alex O'Connell did his best Quinn Cook waving at the crowd. He did, yeah, <laughs> and just waving them off. <laughs> and, and like Jordan Goldwire is on his butt, you know, like pointing to the to the you know the big D on his chest, pause, uh, and you know just saying this is our this is like these colors, this is our right. house, like that kind of thing. Right. And um, you know, it, it is. I mean, I was so jacked up last night. I I just. I, there was nothing that was going to bring me down last night. I, oh, I yeah. just couldn't believe it. I was in a state of shock. I'm still in a state of shock, but uh, I'll tell you what, watching those condensed, it's so great to be in 2020. We can watch these condensed games so you can go back and watch that game in about 20 minutes, um, yeah. you know, and, and just relive it all because it is, it is the amount of things that happen to go our way. Uh, you like, you're hoping for like one break, maybe two, uh, you know, at the end to, to, to have that go your way. But, to be able to be down four with like 20 seconds left or 16 seconds left right. and be able to win, uh, that is almost unheard of. I don't remember what the, the statistics on that, like the percentages are, uh, but it has to be close to like 98% chance that, you know, you're going to close it out if you're up four with like 10 seconds mm-hmm. to go. So I, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I think I saw on Twitter they had the uh, the graph that shows the win probability or whatever, and – I mean, it was it was in the toilet. We were almost at zero percent. I think UNC at one point had, I think it was like the 98 percent. I don't even know, I don't know if it reached ninety nine or not, but it was definitely ninety eight percent win probability at one point. And then suddenly it was a hundred because we win the game off the tip in by Wendell Moore. So that was that was phenomenal. And the way they just that's why you don't play games with charts and graphs. That was the way they played. That was exceptional. And again, the ghost, the ghost of February eighth in, in Chapel Hill. I, I hope the ACC does their due diligence and continues to schedule that date because that that'll be there's some wins that go in our in our win total there for for the Duke side. Yeah, no, please by all means, uh, every other year, <laughs> please put this game on February eighth. Um, so, uh, you know, the toughest thing to do, uh, you know, I, I think uh, quite frankly, I think Carolina's finished. Uh, not that they were going to make the tournament anyway, but um, they're completely finished now. Uh, they're you would think completely so. demoralized. Uh, so good ratings. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, but how does Duke respond? So we have two games coming up here, but obviously yep. Monday night, 7 p.m. against Florida State. Uh, we're at home, which is nice, but you're you're coming up not even 48 hours after one of those emotional uh, roller coaster uh, games that these kids have ever played in their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys like Trey Jones play 42 minutes. Uh, you know, the emotional, mental, and physical fatigue of having to do that 
and then have to bounce right back and play a top 10 team um, that you're neck and neck with in in the conference, and you have to keep pace with Louisville, who not right. only is a, a, a half game ahead of you, but also has the tiebreaker. So you need a couple things to go your way, and conference you can't you can't lose this game. So AC, right. how do you see Duke bouncing back, number one, and how do you see this game playing? Because I, I'll be honest, I I don't have I don't have high hopes for this game. This is going to be tough. There's no two ways to put it. This is going to be tough. It's it would it would be very easy for this this squad to say, you know what, we just came off of three road games, and if I, if I don't die for this ball, then you know, no big deal. Like it, it it'd be easy for them to do that. And I mean, really, honestly, humanly understandable. <laughs> like yeah. the stretch they've gone through is it's insane, and then they come off an overtime game and have to come back. 48 hours later and do the same thing it's you know that that's asking a lot it is asking a lot but when you are a team that's supposed to do great things this season you have to have things asked of you and quite honestly we have to go into this game clean slate and just go back at it and and not make those mental lapses and not say it's okay like florida state they do the things that this team so far has not liked that is they have big guards who can score off the bounce they spread the floor, they attack. They don't, this is not like your normal Florida State team where they have a big inside presence on, on you know, the offensive rebounds and scoring, but they do have a couple of forwards and Patrick Williams and, and Raekwon Gray who can do some work. And Kabrivica is, you know, he gets a little bit of time. Uh, they, have, they have those big bodies as usual, the big seven footers. That's what Leonard Hamilton loves having those guys on the defensive side. So scoring at the basket is not going to be easy. But, we have we have to do our due diligence on defense this game. This game has to be about the defense, not necessarily the offense. We have to find a way to to capture and contain those big guards because so far this season, we have not done a great job of that. Going back to yeah. Stephen F. Austin, going to Clemson, Louisville, you know all all the teams we've played that that offer that big guard and they they have multiple. It's got to go to work, guys. Got to go to work. Got to put your big boy pants on this game. Yeah, you know, it's uh, while well, UNC the team is obviously not very good, uh, it's that Saturday, Monday, you know, feeling um, where mm-hmm. you have that that huge game, uh, emotional game, that Final Four game, Final Four atmosphere, and then you have to come back Monday night and play a top tier team for a big, a big, it's a big opportunity, and you're playing for big, uh, big prizes here. Right. Um, so. Uh, you know, they obviously have a lot of depth. They always do that. I don't know what they're feeding them down there in Tallahassee, but they're big boys. Uh, so they have uh, a lot of things, like you said, that are give us, they're going to give us problems. And we got to be able to help Vernon carry out. So guys like Matt Hurt, you got to stop playing soft. You got to yeah. step up to the plate. And he's done that before this year. We've talked about the fact that he has, he's done a good job of bouncing back in certain, in certain areas. So hopefully he can do that. We need him. He should be fresh. He only plays six minutes. Uh, on Saturday night, so he should be fresh. Guys like Jack Absolutely. White, he's tall, knock down your shot. Um, with all that being said, I know that we need to do this, but um, I, I just don't see us winning this ball game. Um, you know, so my prediction, I think it's going to be a, a high scoring affair, um, and, and I think they take it from us uh, 88 to, to, to 80. I, I really just I don't have a good feeling about it. I think we're going to be completely exhausted. I think Trey's going to be exhausted. Um, I can see foul trouble absolutely playing a factor here. So, you know, unfortunately, that's my prediction for this game. What do you got? 
I think I think we'll be able to rebound this game. I think that's going to be the key. Florida State, even though they've won just about all of their games, the games that they've struggled and the games that have been close for them against lesser competition, they have not out-rebounded those teams the way typical Leonard Hamilton teams do. And that is going to be something to keep an eye on. They've had two really good rebounding games back-to-back now. So if we can take those boards from them, that's going to be huge for this Duke squad. And I I think we're going to be able to do that. I think Vernon is going to be able to stay in, in this game a little more than he did last game. I think I, I would I would love to see Matt be able to do something. But for now, let's let's focus on Jav and Jack. I think those two can give us that senior edge toughness that we need down low. And that's going to be the real test. Do our veterans step forward? So I think they can. I think they can do it. Like you mentioned, there's certain guys who really didn't play much last game, so there are going to be some fresh legs going into this game that are available, and those are kind of going to be some key guys, the big guys down low, and and even Cassius Stanley. You know, since he fouled out a little bit, he played a big game, but he, he's going to be able to keep going. I I can see us sneaking this game out, but it's not. It's going to be close. I think it's. I, I can see us winning this one around around the the. I want to see us. I want to see us keep this game slow. Florida State doesn't like to score a lot of points either. I want to see us maybe slow this game down, win it somewhere around 78 to 75, 74 in that range. All right, so we'll see what happens. Uh, again, Monday night, 7 p.m., Florida State. Hopefully the Cameron Crazies show up here uh, and, and bring it. Dude, that's that's going to be the key right there. Like, yeah, you know, they, they need to, they need to, to show up the to the game, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so Saturday, uh, 4 p.m., playing uh, our boy Mike Bray, uh, Notre mm-hmm. Dame. They're 14 and 8. Um, Mooney, who is, I guess, the, the new Bonzi Polson, he's just there every year. <laughs> like, they, yep. they just stick around for seven, eight, nine years at Notre Dame. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, he's a great player. He, you know, 16 and a half and 13. Uh, dude just eats rebounds for, uh, for breakfast. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have to box out. Um, I do think that having, you know, the four days off is going to be huge for this squad, um, give them a break. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we, we bounced back after a tough night on Monday night, as I predict. Uh, and I think we bounced back and, and play well against Notre Dame. And I think we beat them uh, 92-78. That's this, – this one is going to be tough as well. Again, the rebounding side of the ball, they just – they gobble rebound. They gobble rebounds and they don't turn the ball over. That's something that this team in particular for Bray does not do. They are very steady with the ball. It's – they're five and six in the conference, and that's weird. Like, it feels like they should be maybe one of the top four or five teams in the conference. Just the way – the way they've played, they just – they don't finish games off well. That's their one problem is not being able to finish games off. So our team – it's going to be a dogfight early. We're going to have to finish this game off. And what do we do to do that? Like, can we force them into some turnover situations? Can we out-rebound them? Are, are there other parts of the game where we can step up and kind of force them into something that they're not comfortable with? That's that's going to be the key here. We're going to be able to guard their, their perimeter guys. They have some big guys that they can just bring off the bench and keep rotating in who just love to eat rebounds like Mooney. So... Our, our bigs are going to have to do the same thing. No foul trouble for Vernon. Matt playing strong. Let's see what we can do. I think we will win this game, but I think it's going to be close. Notre Dame's been close with teams all season. I think this one's going to be the same way. I'm giving us the 85 to 78 edge in this one. All right, there we have it. Uh, it's going to be a big week. Uh, we got to respond. But AC, this one, 
uh, is for the history books. This one is going to live on in Duke War forever. Uh, Agent Zero, again, with the puzzle beater. <laughs> That's right. At the buzzer beater, February 8th, 2012, February 8th, 2020. Go to Hell, Carolina, go to hell. Go to Duke. Right. <laughs> go to Hell, Carolina, go to hell. Let's go to Duke.